This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. All right, let's turn to First uh, John chapter 4 for our lesson today. We've been teaching on the Holy Spirit. I was looking back. This is the 12th lesson that I've taught on the Holy Spirit and uh, kind of been picking out some passages that started back in Genesis all the way through. I'm not sure how many more we'll have on, on uh, lessons I'll do on that. We'll just have to see how the Lord leads and where, we, where He leads us into something else. But today, I entitled, I changed the title of my lesson about three times. I was studying for it. And uh, today I entitled it Spiritual Eyes. Spiritual Eyes. And I, I just felt like a lot of the lesson today kind of dealt with what we see as far as the world and things around us uh, and what the Bible says about uh, what we are to do with with uh, the situations we find ourselves in. So 1 John chapter 4, we're going to read the first six verses and then we'll come back and Study those verses as time permits. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. <clears throat> they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, and he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So we see the word spirit quite a bit in this passage here, and we also see the warning that is in the passage. So I want to talk about that today. I want to really remind you that life every day is a battleground. Every day we're going to face the battle. And we need to be prepared as Christians for that battle, especially if we're going to be victorious Christians. You know, many Christians, I think, today don't realize when you wake up of a day that every day is going to be something going on that it's a battle. Every day is going to be something you have to face. And the problem is, it's a battlefield, not a playground. We're not on this earth in a playground situation. But we're seriously fighting a battle. Do you remember that old song that used to sing years ago, Onward Christian Soldiers? 
I remember that song. I used to sing it many times. Don't sing it much anymore, but it goes like this. Onward Christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ the royal master leads against the foe. Forward into battle, see his banners go. Like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where the saints have trod. We are not divided, all one body we, one in hope and doctrine, one in charity. And that's so true. One thing is for sure, we are soldiers in the army of Christ. And as soldiers in the army of Christ, are we good soldiers? Are we fighting the battle like we're supposed to fight it with the Lord's help? Or are we laying back and letting things take over all around us in our life. You know, we're, we're seeing so much things that the devil's doing in the world today. So many things he's accomplishing. And, and people are, are going along with those things. Folks, we're still in the army of God. And we should still be fighting the battle every day. Now, the enemy... And I want to say it's in a threefold process here. The enemy is, is what we're up against, and it's the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I, some of the other lessons, we've talked about the flesh and how much we have to uh, crucify the flesh daily. We've talked about the devil and what he's up to. And the world, we talked about that too, what we see going on in the world. So we have our own flesh that wants to take that old life back that wants to say, that's okay, you, you just cater to the flesh. And then we have the world trying to drag us back into the world. And then we have the devil making sure that all is going according to his plan out here in this world. And so we're, we're fighting these three things constantly. And the, this life that we're living in this battleground that we're on, we, we know what Satan's purpose is. It's to, the Bible tells us it's to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the things that he's going to do. And I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like anybody I want to be associated with. Because he is going to do everything he can to steal what you, your joy in your life, to kill anything that you want to do for Christ and, and also to destroy your testimony in front of others. So these things that he is constantly trying to do. And so in our passage in 1 John today, the, the Apostle Paul is what he's doing. I mean, John, what he's doing is laying out a battle plan. He's letting you know what we need to do to fight Satan on every front. And we must rely on, especially verse number four of, of that uh, chapter four, if we're going to get to where we realize ye are of God little children and have overcome them. You see that? Because greater, in this passage we're all familiar with, we hear folks quote it all the time, greater is he, who is that? God, the Holy Spirit. Greater is he that is in you than he, the devil, that is in the world. And so if we're going to claim that promise, if we're going to live by that, 
then we've got to open our spiritual eyes and see what the Lord has for us every single day and the battlefield that we're up against. So I want to give you a few points for the lesson today. Number one point is this, and that is in this battleground of life, Satan will make every attempt to lead you astray. You got to remember that. Every attempt that he can lead you astray. Now, let's look at verse 1 again of chapter 4. You see the very first word, beloved? John is talking to who? Christians. He's talking to brothers and sisters in Christ. Beloved. He says, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. So we need to realize as he's speaking to Christians, the word of God is speaking to you and me. Do you remember back, and we're going to look at it, uh, they'll put it up on the screen, Luke chapter 4. You remember the story, Jesus was tempted by Satan. But as many times as I've read and studied that, I kind of, I never saw that till I studied it for the lesson today. He didn't just tempt him one time when he was out here in the wilderness. He didn't tempt him one time and leave him alone either. But we're going to find out that He's not going to leave you and me alone. He's going to tempt you with something today, but he, you think you may overcome that today with the Lord's help, but guess what? He'll be back. He'll try again. Maybe another time the same day, but maybe tomorrow, whatever it is. But He is going to do that. So our spiritual eyes need to be open. Let's look at Luke chapter 4 and look at verses 1 and 2. And it came to pass in those days that went into the creation. No, no, Luke chapter four. <laughs> We're not going. Luke four. Giving guys time to get it up there. All right, while they're getting it up there, this is what it says: Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, isn't that amazing? You say, well, he's Jesus. Yes, he is the Son of God. He's the Son of Man. But I think it was important that they put that, they put that in there. You know, it could have said, and Jesus returned from Jordan. But it said, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Guess what? You and I are full of the Holy Ghost when we get saved. So that tells me there's our help. That's what we need. But Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, and was, look at look what else it says, led by the Spirit. So the Spirit's leading him. He's full of the Holy Ghost, being led by the Spirit, and he's headed out into the wilderness. Let me tell you something. Our wilderness is all around us. Now, so we're, we're full of the Holy Ghost, and wherever the Lord leads us, Guess what many times it's going to be? It's going to be in our wilderness around us. It's going to be in our world, be in our home, be in our neighborhood, be on our job. But as we're led in those areas, guess who else could show up? Well, also it says this in, verse, in, the, in the next verse. Being 40 days tempted of the devil. You see, I, I realize the story that's ahead lays out those times that he tempted Jesus and each time Jesus quoted Scripture to him, yes. But this says being 40 days tempted of the devil. 
So to me, that's almost like he's Jesus. He was tempting Jesus all of those 40 days. He was doing something against him all the time. So in those days, look at Jesus. He did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he was afterward a hungered. Jesus was weak. Weak from hunger. You say, but he was Jesus. He is. That's right. But also, he was the Son of God, but he was the Son of Man. And his Bible says he was tempted in all areas, yet without sin, just as we are. So Jesus got thirsty. Jesus hungered. Jesus got weary. Jesus got all those things. Let me tell you something. Satan will hit you and me at our weakest times and weakest points. Weakest places in our life. And I want you to see that this, this is where your spiritual eyes come in. That you see the things that He is trying to do in your life and my life. Let's jump down to verse number 13. <clears throat> and it says, When the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. They got that up on the board, and I want you to notice that. When the devil ended all the temptation, he departed from him for how long? For a season. He'll, he came back. He'll come back to you and me. He won't give up. But the next verse says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Spirit, Spirit hasn't left him. His Spirit doesn't leave you and me. It will help you and me as we face the temptation. It will help you and me coming out of the temptation. And guess what? It will be with us when Satan comes with the next one along. So he goes into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. Satan's battle with Jesus didn't end with this passage right here. He left him for a season. He always makes a comeback. He always will try again. Satan continued his assault on Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he'll do the same thing for you and me. He'll be back to do something else in our life. And I feel like if he's going to do that to Jesus, what will he try for to you and me? And we're no match for him. That's why we have to have our spiritual eyes open. And that's why we have to know what's going on. And let's go back to 1 John and look at that verse 1 because this is what those, your spiritual eyes will do and, and this is what it's telling you. It says, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because why? There are many false prophets are gone out into this world. So John's explaining to us that there are many false prophets. There are many that you're going to have to do battle with. Satan has his army ready. He has them trained. He has them available. And he is going to attack us on every hand. And he will attack us at our weakest points, at our weakest times. And believe me, he will do it constantly and he will not give up. You need to be aware of that. And that's where your spiritual eyes come open. Make no mistake, he knows your weaknesses. You know, I try to, I try to make a habit not to talk out loud to Satan and let him know what my weakest 
points are, but let me say something. He knows where you failed at. He's watched where you failed before and things that have that caused you problems in the past, and he knows that's going to be a weakness. And I'm going to attack that weakness. I'm going to use that. So we need to keep our spiritual eyes open to what's going on around us, that there are false prophets. There are wrong spirits that we don't need to be involved with. Secondly, in the battle of life, we, need, we must be able to discern the truth of God and the lies of Satan. And once again, this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. Look at verse 2 in 1 John 4. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. That's a heart knowledge, not just a head knowledge. Someone who can tell you they're born again. Someone who, who speaks the truth about Jesus. There's a lot of people saying a lot of words, and they may have a head knowledge, but they don't have a heart knowledge of God. But he says, here's a, here's a uh, way we can know. Here's a proof that we can know what's going on. Verse number 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. We need to realize the false spirits are already in the world. There are people who already don't claim that God is real, that Jesus can change your life, that you can be saved, that He's the way. There, there's all kinds of people that speak against what the Word of God says. And if you come in contact with those people, I don't care how well-dressed they are, well-mannered they are, how good they look, if they don't speak the truth that comes out of the Word of God, they're false. True worshipers are going to speak the truth. So this is how we recognize the Spirit of God. Satan will lie to you. He wants you to believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Well, we got to remember what Jesus said about Satan. Don't ever forget John 8, 44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. That's pretty strong words, but that's a very true definition of what the devil is. So how do you discern in today's world that we live in the true God and the lies of Satan? And that's why in verse 2, John says, every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that's, that's the one you can believe in. That's the one you can know. And like I said, that's more than just a head knowledge. So when we receive Christ as our Savior, we receive the Holy Spirit who will do what? Help us discern whether we're talking to a true Christian, someone else that loves the Lord and who isn't. Haven't you found that to be true? You can talk to somebody. and you, They don't even have to tell you a Christian, but as your conversation goes along and as you feel in your spirit, you know you're talking to a child of God. But the opposite can also be true. I've talked to people who seem like they know 
what they're talking about, who seem like they know a little bit about the Bible, but then the more we talk, I realize something is not right here. So that's the discernment. And as we use our spiritual eyes, we see those things. We see the truth of God. We see the lies of Satan. Number three point is this. In this battleground of life, as followers of Christ, we can live victorious. You see, the devil will tell you that. You'll never be victorious over this. You'll never have the victory. You'll never win no one else to Christ. You'll never be able to live for Christ. He tells you all of these things. And so a lot of people want to believe those things that he's telling us. And it goes back to verse number four that I mentioned a little bit earlier. What a great verse to always throw back in his face. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. You're not greater than Satan, but God in you. And remind Him He's on the inside. You're a child of God. Nothing new. The devil can do to take take you away from that. But he will certainly try to rob you of your joy. He'll certainly try to keep you from being a productive Christian. He'll certainly try to affect your testimony. All of those things he will work on. So we need to realize as we live our lives, we don't need to leave live defeated. Satan will knock you down. He'll drag you through the mud. He'll slap you in your face with all your inadequacies and all your failures. He, he doesn't mind bringing all those things up. You're a failure. You remember what you did? Jesus can't use you. No, I put that under the blood. That's been forgiven. And I know the Lord can use me because I'm His child. So don't listen to those things and realize what he's trying to do. John 16, 33, These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus never promised that we'd never have any problems that we never have heartaches, we never have failures, we never have things to happen in our life. He didn't promise that. But he gave us that great phrase, be of good cheer. Because no matter what you see going on in the world today, he says, I have overcome that. I'm glad I serve the one that has overcome the world. So this verse 4 is such a great verse. If we're going to live victoriously, we will only do it by following Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit who is greater than any enemy. And we need to start each day with a prayer, Holy Spirit, keep my spiritual eyes open to see what I'm facing today. As I face those things, help me remember and help me recognize this is not of you, God. This is of Satan, and I don't have no part of it. And he will help us with that. He said he would. He's overcome the world. But we have to keep our spiritual eyes open to see these things. 
And then number four in this battlefield of life, what makes sense to us is not always right. What makes sense to us? Let me tell you what a lot of the philosophy that a lot of people live by. If it feels good, do it. If it makes me happy, it must be okay. Must be right. Well, if everyone else that I see is doing that, then everything must be okay to do that. Now that, that's, that's the wrong philosophy. <laughs> that's the worldly philosophy. That's how they live. It's the most popular philosophy. And it's not the philosophy that you see in the Word of God. It's not how Jesus wants us to live. The false teachers of this world that we see everywhere around us are successful because they go along with what the world believes. The world believes this, the majority are believing this, then that's what we need to do. How many of us know we live in a day that we have to stand up for Christ? We have to make a stand. I mean, the world is going south fast. I, mean, I turn the TV on and I just watch thing, news after broadcast after broadcast and I'm thinking, my goodness, what is happening in this world? I'll tell you what's happening in this world. It's the philosophy of Satan and that he's influenced so many across our world today and they're following him by the masses. And they're going along with this stuff that, okay, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and we don't want to uh, get, go against anybody and we want everything just to keep on flowing along real smoothly. So we're just going to go with it all. And they take the Word of God and close it up and say, well, I don't want that. That speaks against what I want. So we need to realize that's what's happening in our world today. And contrary to, to a biblical belief, and sadly, many well-meaning Christians are living this worldly philosophy. They are looking at the world. I'm not going. I know that's wrong, but I ain't going to say anything. I don't want to. I don't want to raise any stink here. We've got to, if we if we're going to be show that we are different, we are new creatures in Christ. Christ has saved you and me for a reason, and we're going to face these crazy things in the world today. And we've got to stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Ye soldiers of the cross. As Christians, the way that we should live should always pass the litmus test. Do you remember? You got to go back with me a while. Do you remember back in high school in chemistry class, they had a little thing called the litmus test? You ever remember that? It was, a, it was little strips of paper and what it was, was it was supposed, you were supposed to take some solution and drop it on the pieces of paper and it would tell you whether it's ascetic or it's basic. And by dropping that little dropper of fluid on that strip, the paper treated with those natural dyes would turn red 
if it was ascetic, and it would turn blue if it was basic. And I don't care how many times you did it, it would always come out right. Red or blue. It passed. It would pass what they would call the litmus test. And I believe the same is true today. As Christians, we should live so that if someone approaches you, that they ought to be able to realize, hey, you are a child of God. I can see a difference. I can tell a difference. I can hear a difference in this person. While I'm talking to you, I can tell that you're a child of God, that you're a Christian. We should pass the test. It's not about trying to live in the world and be as close to the world as we can and friendly to the world as we can and look as close to the world as we can and still be a Christian. That's not what God wants. But He wants to see a difference in your life. He makes a difference and He wants the world to see a difference in your life. So for us, with the help of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, we can always pass the litmus test. We can be victorious. We can do it if we keep our spiritual eyes open. Lord, help me see that this is wrong. Help me see that this is not something I want to be involved in. Help me realize I want to stray away from that. The Apostle Paul lays out a plan on how we should live. Philippians 4, maybe they can get this up, verse 8. I think I brought this scripture out in some of our other lessons, but it's always so good. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, look at this, think on these things. True. Honest, just, pure, lovely, good report. Those things we should have our mind on. We should have our spiritual eyes looking out for. It, it's a great list. Because if we'll concentrate on those things in our life, what a difference our life will be. You see, the devil, if he made a list, it would be the exact opposite. And it's what we see in the world today. We see his list all around us. And I don't think that the Lord wants us to do these things on a part-time basis. I don't think he wants us to do half of these things. I don't think that he wants us to do this just when it feels good or when it's convenient. But we are to think on these things all the time. And that's hard to do. I know it's hard to do. Because as soon as we set our mind to thinking on these things, guess who's going to show up? And he's going to bring something around. He's going to bring something that will try to influence our thinking of those things. But if we will concentrate and let our spiritual eyes see these things in the, that we need to find. And these things are out here. There are some people that are honest and things that are true and things that are pure. There are things that are lovely. There are things of a good report. There, these things are there. We just got to look for those things and be involved in those things.
instead of the things the devil wants us to do. In our lives, every aspect of of our life should be measured by these things. If we are a professing Christian, if we want to try to live like the Apostle Paul has said here, then we need to do these things. And guess what will happen in the process? We'll begin to make a change on someone else. Believe it or not, there are other people watching you and me all the time, and when they see us thinking on these things, they'll, they'll come around and say, you know what, I need to get my mind off of this other garbage and do the same thing. I want my life to be like I see in their life. So there is a, a change that takes place in us, and we need to have that change all the time so other folks can see it. The fifth point I have is in the battlefield of life, if you are turned off by the gospel, then you are under the influence of Satan. You know, you know, there are people that don't want to hear a gospel message. They don't want to hear you and me witness. They don't want to hear you and me share the God's word with him. And just as soon as we start talking spiritual things and sharing the word of God, and you see that person change the subject, want to leave, want to do whatever other than listening to what God says, you can bank on this. They're under the influence of Satan. And that's why many times I hear in the world today, you and I are not going to be popular. If we're standing up for the Lord and we're telling them what the Word of God says and we're trying to live like God wants us to live, then they don't want to have anything to do with us. Many of us remember... Before you got saved, you had this friends and these friends and you went this place and that place. And guess what? After you got saved, you lost those friends sometime, probably. Because they, quote, you weren't fun anymore like they, what they were doing. You weren't involved anymore in what they were doing. And that's what's going to happen. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the preaching of the cross to them that perish to, is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Look at that difference. One person says, this is foolish. Another one saying, praise the Lord. Speak on. You know, that can happen in our services on, on Sundays and Wednesdays. People could come in and someone's sitting here thinking, what he's saying, I don't, I, that's stupid. I don't like that. I don't want, I probably won't be back. I don't care nothing about that. They begin thinking about something else totally. And then there are other people who may be sitting right beside them on the same pew saying, praise the Lord. I needed that. That's great. That's good. That's what I needed to hear. You see the difference there? So, also, it tells us in John eight forty seven, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. So people are either open and receptive to hearing God's word, or they don't want to hear them at all. They'd rather you talk about something totally different. And many of our churches are filled with people that people that are standing in the pulpit and there's up there reading poems and telling good stories, and as long as they just keep it at that, they'll be back. Because it, it, it wasn't life-changing to them at all. It's just what they wanted to hear. 
But when we hear preaching that tells us exactly what we need to change in our life and what the Lord wants to do for us, then realizing, hey, we are of God. We want to live a, we want to live a Christian life victoriously. So when confronted by the truths of the Scriptures, you're going to find people that choose not to listen. You're going to find people, I've even had people get angry at me when I tell them what God's Word says. And when I see that happening, I know that they're not saved. I know that they, they're under the influence of Satan. But praise the Lord, He can break that power. So we must realize we are the soldiers of Christ. We have to die to ourselves daily. The Bible says, pick up your cross and follow me. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, these are things we have to die to daily. We have to put it under the blood. Open our spiritual eyes, Lord, and help us walk the life that we're supposed to walk. And if we die to self daily, we will remain under the influence of Christ. We'll be able to hear God clearly and we'll be able to see clearly through our spiritual eyes. So that verse number 6 of 1 John, chapter 4 and verse number 6, we are of God, and he that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. That's two spirits right there, isn't it? Spirit of truth, spirit of error. True spirit, false spirit. And that's always out here in the world today, trying to have an influence on you and, and me. We need to realize what the spirit of truth is. Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit said he would lead us and guide us in the right way. So we need to realize what we're looking for in our spiritual eyes in every situation. So the first thing we have to realize is where I started my lesson off with. Do you realize and believe that you are in a battleground every day? Don't think that Satan's going to take a vacation on you and give up on you and forget about you. He's not going to do it. Every day... It's a battleground, not a playground. And if you think it's a playground, then you're in serious trouble spiritually. Don't think we can play around with the devil. The lie that he will tell you is that you can get by with that. That's no problem. Don't worry about it. Not going to affect you. Not going to bother you. You know, you, you said you're a Christian, so don't worry about that. No. It is going to bother us. It is going to have, a, have an effect on us. So we don't need to be involved in it. Satan will make every attempt to lead you astray. That's why the Holy Spirit helps us discern. Listen, Satan can show us some real counterfeits that look almost so real you would think it's real. It's true. It's right. Sometimes I... I like to watch other preachers once in a while 
doing some preaching on TV and I'm watching on the internet. And as I see those, it, I, I, I see how long it's going to take me to figure whether they're true or not. I see how long they're going to go before I say, wait, wait a minute, this ain't right. And I'm thankful for that discernment to be able to tell that. And it doesn't take you very long to listen and follow and see what is true and what is a lie. So don't forget that the world has a philosophy that they want, they want you to live by, but this Bible here has the, the word that we need to live by. We must remain under the influence of Christ daily because if not, there's only one other option, and that's Satan. You, you remember the Bible said we can't, we can't serve God and mammon. We can't serve God and Satan at the same time. We can't do that. He doesn't want Christians walking a line thinking, well, today is this one and tomorrow is this one and then back over here. That, that's not the way he wants us to live and we don't need to live that way. But praise God, through Jesus, we can live victoriously in this life and it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that helps us every day. So my question to you, are you battle ready? Are you battle ready for tomorrow if the Lord tarries? When you wake up tomorrow, will you be battle ready and say, I'm ready to go into battle with the help of the Lord today, open my spiritual eyes and everything that I see and do? Because we're in an all-out war until Jesus comes to take us home. And it's not going to end till then. But He's already won the battle on Calvary. And he will win the ultimate battle in the end. Satan will get what's coming to him. But in between then, it's a battlefield till we get there. So let's wake up every day saying, Lord, keep my spiritual eyes open today and every day to see what I'm going to face, what's going to come my way, so that I'll know the right thing to do, lead me and guide me into the right way. Amen? Amen. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.